0: Listen to Sunday Morning Magazine no matter what day it is. Use your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear today. And welcome back to Sunday Morning Magazine. My next guest joins me over the phone. David Stahl is the author of the book, words kids need to hear to help them be who God made them to be. It's our pleasure to welcome David Stahl to Sunday Morning Magazine.
1: Well, thanks, Roddy. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: Now, first of all, let me ask you this now. What led to your decision to write this particular book?
1: Well, as I go through my days and my weeks as a children's ministry director here, I've noticed over the past few years the... uh, gap that exists, a relational gap between kids and parents. And I've seen that this relational gap is doing nothing but getting wider and wider all the time. And as I noticed that in my uh, professional work, I also noticed that as I was coaching my son's basketball team and just interacting with parents in general that Basically, there's this big gap that's existing between parents that's, I think, at its core, a communication gap. And so I sat and thought and decided that I could do something about it. So that's why I wrote the book.
0: And in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to David Stahl. He's the author of the book, Words Kids Need to Hear. Now, David, let me ask you this now. Do you think that parents are fully aware of the impact their words have on their children?
1: No, I don't think so, Rodney. And I think it's because, uh, you know, an average parent, myself included, says a lot of words across an entire day. Yeah, a lot of words. And so I think what happens is that after a while, because we live in a very noisy society, we tend to underestimate the power of our words to our kids. On the other hand, though, kids are keenly tuned in to their parents and are listening to all the words they say, even though at times, again, being a parent, it doesn't seem like my kids are listening to me, they still are hearing the words that I say and the messages I send to them are making it through into their minds and into their hearts, no matter if I want to or not. So it's up to me to decide what messages, am I being deliberate with what messages I send?
0: So let me ask you this now, besides the very obvious, what are some of the things that parents say to their children that might be harmful, and perhaps that they may not even realize the impact or the power of their words?
1: Well, I think there's a couple things, and I mention these in the book real briefly. Um, uh, the, the two that come to mind right off the bat are um, when parents are joking and making fun of their kids. And a lot of times that can be just, you know, in, in simple and harmless what they believe to be harmless jest as far as making fun of a child real lightly about this issue, what they look like, how they act, whatever. But making fun of your kids um, can be something where after a while kids start to believe what you say is true. And so in the book what I tell people is if you are saying things to your kids or if you're making jokes, I'm all about humor, believe me. I love to laugh. My kids and I laugh all the time. But when your child is the butt of your joke and you find yourself having to say just kidding to your kid, well what happened is the damage has already been done. You have shared Mm -hmm. with them words that they really probably don't need to hear for sure about, you know, they you've ridiculed them somehow. And so I just I encourage parents, listen, have a lot of humor in your household. Don't have your child be the object of that humor, though, because it is not funny. And then the other thing that I hear people do all the time is uh, have derogatory nicknames for their kids. And so all of a sudden you start calling a kid who might, uh, you know, be struggling with some weight issues or whatever, you call them chubby or chunky or whatever, and it sounds like a cute little nickname, but believe me, it's um, it's doing some damage to kids because they're identifying themselves based on how you identify them. So those are just two two quick examples, but ones that you know I constantly have to check myself on because they're pretty normal in society to uh, to do so those are two that come to mind right away. All
0: right. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. On the phone with me this morning is David Stahl. He's the author of the book, Words Kids Need to Hear. Now, the book is set up in seven easy chapters that highlight each of the seven things that you say children need to hear. In the first chapter, you say that children need to hear that I Believe in You from the Parents. Um, let's talk more about each chapter in the book beginning with that first chapter I Believe in You.
1: Sure. Well, I Believe in You basically is a message that when that uh, I think it's easy for an adult or a parent to picture the benefit of their child walking around confident that my mom or my dad believe in me. In other words, I can believe in myself. It's easier for me to believe in myself and have confidence myself when I know that the people who know me best believe in me too. And that message can come across in a variety of ways and and all that, but it's an important message for kids to for kids to hear. And you know what? It's a message that I think they want to hear and I'm talking about kids that are, you know, in their elementary years, I think, as you grow up as a teenager and into your 20s and 30s, too. you There is something inside of us that wants to know that our parents believe in us.
0: Okay, and David, let's move on to Chapter 2 of the book.
1: Okay, uh, in Chapter 2, we talk about the message, you can count on me. Well, right now, in the world today, kids experience a lot of unreliability in their lives, and so... Uh, what they need to to hear as far as a message from their parents is, you can count on me, backed up by the reality that they can count on you, meaning you keep your commitments with your kids. But kids need to know that mom and dad are a safe place. I can count on them to be there with me because it's harder and harder for kids to count on anything right now in life. You go on to Chapter 3, the message is, I treasure you. That gets more into the, into the heart of a child as far as, do I believe that my parents treasure me, that they value me above all other kids that are out there? Because if they don't, they're going to be searching for identity and for somebody to treasure them. And, you know, parents need to have that message come from them to their kids. In chapter four, the chapter is, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And you know what? I tell people, that's as far as your apology needs to go, too. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Don't continue on with saying, but, this, this, and this, because you start to make excuses. Your kids will feel honored and valued and respected when they hear, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And they will be more likely to grow up to be people who will own their own mistakes and be people who will say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, too. And I think every parent wants their child to grow up that way. Um, The next chapter is a simple one-word chapter. It's called Because. And uh, what what that chapter discusses is how when you're sending the messages, I believe in you, you can count on me, I treasure you, I'm sorry, please forgive me. It's okay to give kids reasons why. And it and actually, it gives some real punch and some real teeth to those messages to share with them why. You know, it's one thing for me to tell my son, listen, Scott, I believe in you. It's a whole other thing for me to say, because you do this and this, man, I believe in you, and I believe you can do this. And so because just talks about how we need to get real specific and not just stay at a real trivial level with these messages we send our kids. Um, the next chapter is another one word title. It's called No. And believe me, every parent <laughs> 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 understands the value of the word no. And it's something that uh, parents need to get very fluent with in their vocabulary. No is an extremely powerful word, not in a punitive way, but in a coaching and directive way for the kids. So I'm a big proponent of parents. You need to be able to say clearly no to your kids and have your kids obey the word no, with the big reason behind this, Rodney, is that if kids can't hear and respect no at an early age, they're not going to be able to say no to themselves and no to other people later on in life. Okay. And so all of a sudden, we, without the word no being definitive and being normal to not only hear but to have to obey as a kid, you grow up as a person without limits. And we all have seen the dangers of that in our society. The final chapter is I Love You, and while everybody might roll their eyes and say, I've heard that one, well, this chapter takes another twist on the message I Love You and talks about how that's a one-way message from parents to kids in its best form where parents just need to uh, focus on Sending the message "I love you" not with the hopes of having their kids say "I love you" back, but having a higher goal where the goal is, "Dad, I believe you love me." And so that's how the uh, that's how that chapter that's the direction that chapter takes. And then the whole book is wrapped up, Rodney, with I think the best part of the the best pages in the entire book come from. Um, Uh, My daughter, Erin, who wrote the final word to the book, and those are a couple pages that she wrote when she was uh, 10 years old, and anybody who's listening right now is just going to have to get the book and read that one, but that's the best part of the book.
0: (laughs) All right. All right. And again, in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to David Stahl. He's the author of the book, Words kids need to hear to help them be who God made them to be. I'm Rodney Lear. You're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. Now, these are more than words. They're actions as well. But these are words that you just mentioned, the ones that you just went over. I believe in you. You can count on me. I treasure you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me because no. And I love you. These are actually words that parents should be saying to their children.
1: Exactly. And what I coach parents through with the book is, what what are some messages that will communicate the words, I believe in you, to your kids? Because after a while, you know, if you just uh, put down the book and start saying, I believe in you, I believe in you, I believe in you, your kids will wonder, what book did you just read on parenting? (laughs) But what happens is that throughout each chapter, through stories of um, people from around this area as well as around the country that I've picked up on, I demonstrate to readers how they can send those messages in very practical ways, in very normal ways. And like I tell people, you know, these are seven key messages to send to your kids. Uh, an average adult will will say somewhere in the neighborhood of 16,000 words in a day. I'm just saying, hey, along the way, you know, could you send these seven messages. Maybe it's not every day, but have your radar swooping around, ready to pick up opportunities where you can come in and share these words. Because boy, I tell you what, if you have a kid who's struggling at school, they come home and somehow you can share the message, you know, while everything at school might be tough, you can always count on me man, that will just brighten the spirits of a kid like you wouldn't believe, and it will stick with them for a long time and really build into their hearts.
0: Okay, and David, let me ask you this. Of the seven areas that you just talked about, you just mentioned about the book, um, which one do you find that parents struggle the most with?
1: Uh, Definitely, and I'm going to get an amen from everybody listening right now. No. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> the word no, and it's because of this, Rodney. I believe that right now there are many, many parents out there who, you know, work hard all week long and uh, try to be the best parents they can, and all that, and that is great. And but I think what happens is at times we have parents who are trying to make sure that their kids like them, and that they're, and so what happens is they get a rhythm of trying to appease their kids and not upset their kids. And so what happens is the first casualty of that mindset or that approach is I stop using the word no because when I say the word no, my child might stop liking me, and I need for my child to like me. I just say it real clearly in the book. Moms, dads, grandparents, you know, everybody who deals with kids, listen, your kid will still like you after you say the word no they might be upset they might be disappointed and all that but if your relationship is contingent upon you never saying the word no you have some deeper issues that you really need to get some help with here but say the word no more frequently than you do now and with greater you know impact and what happens is that your kids will all of a sudden realize that they can count on you to help them keep boundaries And boy, I tell you what, as your kids grow older and they have respect for the word no, you know, I always tell people this, I want my daughter who's growing up right now, she's 11 years old, I want her to know that the word no means no when she starts growing up and becomes a young lady and all that. And I want her to be able to look people in the eye and tell them no and know that it's a definitive word.
0: All right, and again this morning, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. On the phone with me this morning is David Stahl. David is the author of the book, Words Kids Need to Hear to Help Them Be Who God Made Them to Be. Now, David, when I was a kid, and maybe still today, parents would say, do as I say, not as I do. What type of message does that send to children?
1: Well, with the do as I say and not as I do thing, you know, it... it, 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 the message it sends to kids is, "Hey, I'm a dad who's not authentic and I'm not the real deal, and that i'm not I'm not willing to do what I say that you should do, and what that the core of that message is so it's optional you know i I've taken one option, I want you to take the other option, and you know that that's a rough message to send to kids as far as you know do as I say and not as I do, because all of a sudden they can see real clearly the yeah the 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 disjointedness of that and when they start to believe that or see that hey you took it as one option one direction maybe i'll go a different direction or whatever all of a sudden you have anarchy in the home and the parent isn't really being the parent anymore just somebody who offers suggestions that the kids may or may not want to take and you know what that's a that's a rough way to to raise your kids
0: Again, we're speaking to David Stahl, author of the book Words Kids Need to Hear. Now, one of your earlier books deals with children and faith. For parents out there listening this morning, give us some tips on how parents can talk to their children about religion and faith.
1: Sure. Uh, Yeah, the the book you're referencing is called Leading Your Child to Jesus, and um, it's a book that talks about how to have one-on-one faith conversations. And uh, a couple of the coaching tips I offer to parents that make sure that when you're t- having a faith discussion with your child that you don't use real uh, real um, ambiguous language and or abstract language. What I mean by that is there's a lot of symbolism in the church, and there's almost like this whole churchy language that's out there. That's not bad when spoken between adults who's, who know what the words mean, but... Um, When you're having a faith discussion with kids, you need to remember that they understand concrete terms and language better than abstract terms and language. So that means kids want you to be more literal with what you're saying. And so, you know, when uh, I I tell people all the time, it, it comes down to this, if you tell kids that they need to have a relationship with Jesus so that the blood of the Lamb will wash away their sins, they're going to think you're pretty gross. On the other hand, if you say, hey, you can have a relationship with Jesus because he agrees to be in trouble for all the wrong things you've done, hey, you're going to get their attention. It's the same message, only not using this symbolism and church speak to get your point across. And then the second thing to do with kids is um I tell people all the time you know kids will understand that a relationship with God is important it should be important to them when they see how important that relationship is to you as their parent and so you know don't don't try to get kids to have a bigger and better and greater relationship than you have with God get your relationship square first, and let your kids see you practicing your faith. When they see that, again, kids kids will learn more by what they see you do than what they hear you say. So you need to make sure that your actions definitely back up any words that you try to share. And the uh, right order for that is let your actions be seen first and then explain what's going on to your kids after that.
0: All right. And again, this morning, we're speaking to David Stahl. The title of the book is Words Kids Need to Hear. I'm Rodney Lear. You're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. Now, towards the end of the book, you offer a detailed outline for a workshop for parents on words kids need to hear. Tell us about that and how parents can put together their own workshop on the subject.
1: Yeah, you know, the the workshop, that's an appendix in there, Rodney, um, uh, my publisher asked me to include that in there because we knew that there would be a lot of, uh, especially churches, where their children's ministry person or somebody else on their church team might want to hold a workshop to uh, to sit down with parents and share with them some of the key concepts of the book. Uh, because what we're finding is that there's a lot of parenting material out there. I mean, you just go into a bookstore, or go on to Amazon, you'll find it, you know of just truckloads of parenting books. However, what we're seeing is that parents are saying, "Help me sort through this. What's really important?" And one of the places that they're turning right now is asking the church, church, you know, can my local church help me as far as weeding through all of this. So, we put the uh, we put the workshop outline and some notes on as far as how to do the workshop in the book so that anybody who's in ministry or maybe a community leader, whoever, who picks up the book and says, you know, I'd love to gather a group of parents together so that they can, uh, they could, you know, learn this material, too, and discuss this materials as far as how can we put this together, how can we all do this in our community, that they could just buy the book and have the workshop right there, and um, so it's sort of an added value piece to the book that I'm hoping a lot of people take advantage of.
0: All right. And again, this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. On the phone with me this morning is author Davis Stahl. He's the author of the book words kids need to hear to help them be who God made them to be. And finally this morning, as a parent, how do you know that you're getting it right, doing the right thing, making the right decisions for your child? Um, Is it all in the end result when they become adults, or how do you know as your child, as a child, that as a parent that you're doing the right thing?
1: Well, I think, Roddy, what you need to do is you know, have a correct perspective. Because like you said, if you have the long view perspective that you need to wait until they're grown up to see if you got it right, well, you know, that's going to be a long wait, a long wait and I, am for one, am not that patient. So, you know, what I tell parents a lot is take a look and see from year to year or from season to season, you know, beginning of first grade to the end of first grade, how's your, how's your child doing? How's it, You know, is your child respectful? You know, is her child? You know, does he or she have friends? Are you know? Are they doing? And what you can do is you can take a look and you can say, okay, my child is going to be reflecting a lot of the coaching and messaging that I give him or her. So, how are they relating to other people? How? What? What does it appear to me that their you know self image is? And are they? Are they? in a good relationship with me right now. So I think any parent at any time can take an honest assessment by looking at their child and say, you know, how's our relationship doing? Because, you know, there was a day not that long ago when people said, you know, do what you can to be your child's best friend. Then the pendulum swung all the way to the other side where it was, hey, your child doesn't need you as, your be- as their best friend. They need you as a parent. So quit trying to be their friend. I think the right place to land is somewhere in the middle there. Does my child respect me for the authority figure I am in his or her life? And do I have a good, strong relationship with my child? Do we sit and talk? Do we laugh? You know, is my ch- does my child really enjoy my company or is my child afraid of me? You know, taking a look at that and then seeing, you know, where's my child at now how has that progressed from season to season? I think those are great barometers, and really it's a matter of, you know, if parents will stop and really take a look at that stuff, then they'll have a great gauge as far as how they're doing as a parent. The other thing you can do, Rodney, is ask other parents around you what they see in your child, and that's a great barometer too.
0: All right, and with that, we're out of time this morning. If our listeners would like to pick up a copy of the book, again, the title of the book is, David?
1: Words Kids Need to Hear to Help Them Be Who God Made Them to Be.
0: And if they would like to get a copy of the book, how can they do so, and how can they find out more about David Stahl, the author?
1: You know, I would suggest, uh, first of all, going to either Amazon or to Christian book distributors or any of the online stores. If you have a local Christian bookstore, you could go there and see if they have it in stock. Um, To find out more about uh, me, a a great place to go would be to um, visit todayschildrensministry.com. It's a... um, website that i do in conjunction with christianity today international and i've got a ton of articles up there to read by me and some other authors and all that but you can learn a lot about me there and uh, you yeah, check out some uh, some other great writers who have uh, contributed materials to that website too
0: all right well thanks for taking the time to talk to us dave
1: All right. Thanks, Rodney. Have a great day.
0: We've been speaking to author David Stahl. Again, the title of the book is Words Kids Need to Hear to Help Them Be Who God Made Them to Be. We'll be back with more Sunday Morning Magazine right after
1: this. More to come. Stay with us.